Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. Mic check, check one, check two. Are we here? All right, we're here right now. Ish. Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome to Right Nowish. I'm your host, Pendarvis Harshaw. Coming through with the conversation, the shorter breeds some inspiration. Today, we're passing the microphone to Dr. Felicia Gangloff Bailey and Kariga Bailey. The married couple are parents who've navigated the harsh realities of losing loved ones to gun violence and losing their first child, who was just a newborn. They are both educators and activists. They comprise one half of the R&B soul and hip-hop band Soul Development. And in the spring of 2020, Felicia and Kariga were guests on Right Nowish, and I'm constantly reminded of how fortunate I am to be in community with them. Their latest endeavor, a podcast called Soul Affirmations, is just that. Affirmations from the sun for your soul. This episode, called The Gift of Impermanence, man, look, let me tell you. I've recently gotten into the routine of going to shoot hoops first thing in the morning. The other day, I'm on the court, tossing up brick after brick, listening to this episode, and it made me take a seat on a bench and use my t-shirt to simultaneously wipe sweat and tears from my face. In this episode, Felicia and Kariga talk about taking a recent trip with their two-year-old and realizing how quickly their child has grown. It's an ever-important reminder to be present because life is fleeting. With that, I'll pass the mic. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, what's up? I'm Pendarvis Harshaw, the host of KQED's Right Nowish podcast. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. It can be a dark world sometimes. Don't be afraid to be a source of light. It can be a dark world sometimes. Don't be afraid to be a source of light. Peace, girl, people. Peace. Fee, how you feeling today? I'm feeling like I'm going to use my diaphragm today. Okay. (laughs) How are you feeling? I am processing what you just said, but (laughs) use, but. I use my diaphragm for that right there. I think today I'm just grateful Mm. uh, to be present for the day, uh, to be present for the challenges, 
the learning I, moments, the outcome, you know, I'm just. I feel grateful. I feel grateful as well. I feel like I'm um, practicing like each parts of my identity today in preparation of things that are ahead. But it feels good. Way to go. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Soul Affirmations with Felicia and Kariga. With Kariga and Felicia. And most importantly, you, the listener on the Black Love Podcast Network. All right. Hey. Yeah. So you got affirmation for us. I have an affirmation for us. I have an affirmation for me. Okay. I feel like today this one is just like directly talking to me mm-hmm. and you all get to listen in. Okay. Because okay? I got wrecked the other day. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> When we were in Atlanta? Yes, I did. I'll tell you what I learned. But um, if you have your text, turn with me to page 38 from the Soul Affirmations Toolkit for Reflection and Manifesting the Light Within. Mm-hmm. 38 reads, Today I acknowledge the gift of impermanence. Neither struggle nor ease will last forever. So I learned to have respect for them both. Mm. Today I acknowledge the gift of impermanence. Neither struggle nor ease will last forever. So I learned to have respect for them both. Mm-hmm. Mm. This is a special affirmation. Like to see impermanence as a gift requires this reframe that did not come by ease alone, right? Right. It involves struggle, but right. the struggle didn't last. And, so I'm, and being, I'm in the spectrum of the, the gift side of it now. Mm. Right. And it's um, what's unique, though, when I was reading this affirmation. Mm-hmm. And it says, neither struggle nor ease will last forever. I also thought about how those might be, how, how they might be interchangeable, or how they might flip all according to what you see as the struggle or what you see as the ease. Mm. Absolutely. Since neither one of them are going to last for, forever. Which side is the struggle side or which side is the easy side, right? I'm going to tell y'all where this affirmation finds me today. All right. Okay. I have been intentional about my language to make sure that I acknowledge that my two-year-old is a terrific (laughs) two-year-old. And I love that you do that. It is such a great reminder for us all because I grew up hearing terrible. Oh, without a doubt. I grew up hearing a lot of things that are inconsistent with my lived experiences now. And I grew up hearing a lot of things um, that I didn't necessarily choose the language for myself. Mm. So if I'm not choosing the language for myself, then how can I choose the lived experience or the outcome? Mm. Right. So language is really important and really powerful. And since that's y'all business, me and my two is going to be terrific. Even if that too challenges the two of us. Yeah. To no end. How's that for some bars? Right? <laughs> Not like that. To no end. <laughs> to no end. But the challenge is also is part of the gift of impermanence. Right? Mm. And whatever is challenging me now won't last forever. And whatever I enjoy most about the dynamic won't last forever. Mm-hmm. Wow. So it's really making me take inventory of each moment. Wow. The challenges, the joys, all of it. I am cherishing each moment and taking inventory of it. So y'all know we travel with Kamali quite a bit, right? Yeah. And every time, every city, every airport, 
every coffee shop, <laughs> everywhere we go, a father looks at me and says, it goes by quick. They do, don't they? Every, I feel like I hear that all the time, too. Every, no matter race, no matter presentation, no matter age or demographic, they look at me with a, with a warm smile and remind me it goes by quick. Wow, that is so true. I appreciate you naming that, that it's happened every single time. Every. I haven't like paid that much attention, but now that you've brought it to me, like I can recall so many instances in passing. Passing moments. It's always in passing. And they like cherish it. One, one, one guy was telling me he was on his way to his one daughter's graduation, one daughter's wedding, right? Oh, man, yeah. They were just, he, okay, another gentleman got in the elevator. I had a car seat on my back. <laughs> I had two large suitcases and a duffel bag. Uh-huh. And he walks and says, um, you need to carry more stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and I appreciated the comedic timing of it all. But he just talked about when he was on holiday with his children. He remembers carrying all these things. And here he is by himself. Yep. And how easy it was. How easy it was, but also how much he missed them while they were little. Isn't that mind-blowing? And all of it, think about it. This is on the elevator. This only happened within a couple of seconds, this conversation. Everywhere I go. Yeah. Now, fortunately for me, I'm a good audio learner. Mm -hmm. I remember sound bites. Mm -hmm. I remember what people say. I remember how it makes me feel. I remember where I heard it. Mm -hmm. That's been part of my gift my whole life. So I'm recalling these things and why are they happening and why are they saying this? Mm. And, you know, when I'm, (laughs) when I am carrying a heavy load, figuratively, literally on my back (laughs) and Kamali's in the airport telling me where we're going to go and telling me what we're going to (laughs) do. As if she knows where she's going or or maybe she does. Excuse me. (laughs) But in those moments, when they encourage me or tell me it goes by quick or they remember when theirs were young. It's just kind of like, uh, it's kind of like the, uh, just noise from the stands. Mm. All I'm trying to do is get this two year old back in the direction <laughs> of our gate. Right. But the words of encouragement and however they fall. Now I can remember them all. Yeah. And I'm taking inventory of what I heard because of a conversation I had with Pierre in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Tell us who Pierre is. Y'all. Okay. Pierre, candidate. Mm-hmm. Uh, the candidates are friends of the Baileys. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been friends since before any of us had children. Yeah. Uh, we used to live in the DMV together. That's right. Uh, they used to produce events. They did. And we went to some of their events and got to know each other. Mm -hmm. Uh, and we became friends through that journey. Mm -hmm. Our families have made a couple trips together. Yeah. We did Palm Springs. Just last year. I remember when their firstborn, Taylor Alligator, was born. I remember when Taylor was born. I can't stop calling her Taylor Alligator, even though she's about to be 11. That is Taylor Alligator. can't stop. She was the cutest. I remember all her bows. (laughs) But in in this journey of family, in fatherhood, the candidates have been there for us every step of the way. Yeah. In our family planning, in our grief 
mm-hmm. in our joy mm-hmm. in just the in-between moments of like can you watch Kamali real quick right <laughs> we have this ongoing bond that is more than a decade and has spanned it across several cities mm-hmm. so we were visiting uh, the candidates in Atlanta mm-hmm. and Kamali is just making her way around the house. Okay. And most of the things that she's asking for include um, bluey, <laughs> chocolate, uh-huh. and wants to go upstairs and play with Aubrey yeah, in cook. his room and cook. Yeah, yeah, she wants to cook in his room. He has a little grill set. Oh, that's what's happening. Yeah, I don't know if you saw that. It, it lights up, it gets hot. Yeah. Okay, so that's what she said. She was out there cooking. Yeah, and she's going upstairs to cook. So she goes upstairs by herself. Mm-hmm. And she comes downstairs by herself. Yeah. Whenever she wants. I've seen it. Okay. But this morning, <laughs> she stood at the top of the stairwell. I believe I was taking a call. I was multitasking. But she's standing at the top of the steps and she's asking me to come get her. <laughs> Pierre hears it, sees it. I try to negotiate with her to come down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like do it yourself. I know you can do it. Yeah. Or even as he called, you know, I debated her a little bit. <laughs> you have to do it a two year old. It's a little bit of debate. It's not really negotiation. <laughs> but in that moment, I ask her to come down and I end up going to get her. But I want to focus on my mindset while going to get her. Okay. I asked her to come down. I pleaded with her to come down. Mm-hmm. And when I had to go get her, yes, this is my daughter. I'm going to go do it. But in that moment, I would have preferred if she would have come down. Mm-hmm. So I did it because she's my child and she asked me to. Mm-hmm. But that mindset, there's so much more I can, I can, I can make intentional action and it's not just because i'm her father just because she asked me Mm -hmm. the mindset so later in this day (laughs) pierre and i are in the kitchen making lunch for the kids and he said to me you know dog this remind me of a story my father-in-law used to tell me and i said what he said man it's like you're so used to picking up your child or putting them down at one day the day is going to come where you put them down for the last time and you won't even know when that day is. Mm. It'll just be Ooh. the last time you put them down, you will not be picking them up again. Yo. Hey, hold on. No. Man. Hold on. I'm emotional again. <laughs> I came here to talk about this. I'm emotional again. And when he told me that, it wrecked me, y'all. I ran off. <laughs> And there's different types of crying. Let me see if I can illustrate this for you. You know, you got the big boo-hoo, the, we- the weep. You got the... <laughs> <laughs> That's when I remember when I got in trouble when I was younger, right? You might have got whooped or something. You <laughs> can't breathe. <laughs> then you have like this silent, like this joyful tear. Mm-hmm. But this cry, or these tears, most mimic recess for me, okay? Recess? It felt like, it felt like the best part of the game was about to be over. And you didn't want it to be and over. And I didn't want it to be over. And I wiped my eyes with my whole right arm. Oh. Imagine taking your whole arm and dragging it across your eyes, right? Like almost mm. like, you know, that kind of like that big boys don't cry kind of wipe. Mm-hmm. 
except I knew I was crying. Okay. So I walked off, washed my <laughs> face and I came back. And this anecdote for me was so pivotal in fatherhood. But I've since learned that it is a, a, a nug for parenthood, period. Yeah. The idea that our children demand of us, ask of us, require. But every day they are inching toward their independence. And nobody can show you that better than a two-year-old with their shoes on the wrong foot. Okay? <laughs> like itching toward independence. And they want to get dressed by themselves. And I mean, if I even open her, her sippy cup, if I lift that straw and she wants to lift that straw. It's over. It's a wrap. But I recognize like she's inching for this independence, right? Mm-hmm. So when she asks me to come get her at the top of the stairs, I'm remembering this version of her that is independent and capable of coming down and going up as she chooses. Yeah. And that's what I want her to engage in because it is most convenient to the task I'm currently involved in. Exactly. The task I'm currently involved in. Mm-hmm. But there are tasks that I'm currently involved in and there's a, there's something that I, who I am forever. Right? Mm-hmm. My tasks are not as permanent as my role as a father. My tasks are not as permanent as my role as a husband. Yeah. So I also have the opportunity like to place these things on a hierarchy, if you will, or at least frame for me how I attend to her, mm-hmm. both verbal and nonverbal, mm-hmm. because all of it is communication. And what we do and say and what we don't do and don't say to our children cause them to have communication internally right. about who we are and what our intentions are. So when Pete breaks this down to me, y'all, it was like a standstill moment. Time froze. And I can think about all the times she's asked me to pick her up and all the times I've encouraged her to employ the independence that I just saw your two year old self employing 10 minutes ago. <laughs> Right. But that's the balance of being human and being a parent and having a toddler. Mm-hmm. But beyond her independence, beyond her request, is the joy that I get to engage in when picking her up. When she wants me to pick her up. When she's asking for it. I can attend to that with a joy, knowing that I've been afforded one more time before my last time. Mm. Wow. And it makes present, it makes being present a different practice. Right? Mm-hmm. It's the difference between I have to and I want to or I get to. Mm-hmm. I get to. Right? I get one more chance. I remember all the things we wish we would have gotten. In September of 2019, the moments we wanted to have. Mm -hmm. Here we are in the midst of several moments. And the thing about moments in a two-year-old is that they change so very quickly. (laughs) Okay. What what begins as smiles Mm -hmm. uh, can easily turn into heart-stopping tears. (laughs) Taking your breath away. Literally. We have to tell her to breathe. That's how intense her crying is. Mm. But none of that even comes close to this idea that just as I see Kamali growing each day, 
and I seen Taylor grow and my nieces grow. Right. Some college age, some college graduates, some high school age, middle school age. I remember when they were all babies. And it, I swear to you, it doesn't feel like much has changed. Mm. I don't feel like I've changed that much. But I love that you say it like this because Pierre and Brittany posted two pictures side by side or one above, one below, literally from last year and this year. Mm-hmm. And to see how much the babies have changed, their son Aubrey and Kamali. Yeah. It's like evidence like this, this is about to move and shake on you. But where, right? Where? And then, you know, and then you get in that, that mode is like, yo, I've heard this before, right? Yeah. When my mom was looking at all of us walking to the house and says, where did the time go? Right? <laughs> we are constantly asked that question. Mm-hmm. Now, you and I have investigated time as a construct on several instances, uh, often the spectrum of grief. But I'm examining time in the spectrum of being present. Mm-hmm. with the ones I love and enjoying the moments even when they challenge me because mm. all it is is growing me and evolving me right my days in the classroom that I learned the most were not the days when my lesson went exactly the way I wanted it to go mm. the days where I learned the most is when things didn't go according to the way I planned them so that's the gap Right. The gap between what you know and what you are about to learn. Yeah. Is when things change. And time is changing and Kamali is changing. And her list of demands are changing. (laughs) Some things remain consistent. Right. Like her desire for Rice Krispies. (laughs) But even that will be impermanent. True, but. Though I know it will be impermanent one day, it feels very permanent now. I just want to make this, I just have to say this. I have to get this off my heart. I have to practice this as part of my mental wellness. Um, Wet Rice Krispies Mm-mm. might be the hardest cereal to clean up on I any surface. I would have to agree. Hardwood floor or carpet. <laughs> they don't even, you can't pick them up. Don't let it get in her hair. Lord, you can't sweep it. It turns into this paste right and if it's there too long and gets dry then she just now it's formed a bond (laughs) so um parents out there just give me some hacks for cleaning up uh, rice krispies because apparently she requires the reason why she always wants like two or three bowls is because like 25 percent of each bowl never ends up in her mouth (laughs) But as I also laughably complain about wet Rice Krispies, (laughs) I realize that I get the privilege to make her that bowl of cereal in the morning. Mm -hmm. I get the privilege to make her eggs and her toast. And there'll be a time where she makes breakfast and she's out the house before I even notice. Hey, man, I'm not ready for that. 
she's anything like me, not like you. I don't think that ever actually happened with you. I don't think you actually made breakfast and left before anybody noticed. I don't think that's your style. No, 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 no. I communicated. Yeah, you slept in for sure. <laughs> that's not what I just said. <laughs> I mean, that's what I remember. But no, the day is going to come, Fee. She's going to make herself something to eat and be gone before we even notice. Mm. Mm. I am recounting this story and a couple of things stand out to me. One of them is um, asking self why. And I love that in this story and reflecting about uh, the lesson that you got from Pierre, that he got from his father-in-law, that he may have gotten from his father or father-in-law, right? This messaging that has been passed down that is very true across generations. Um, but it's what stands out to me about this is your practice of reflection and how important that is to reflect upon these lessons, right? And you said it yourself, like, You've got a lot of sound bites in passing. And when you're in the heat of the moment working with Kamali and her terrific two status, you may not necessarily want to hear that. Sometimes it's a, like a breath of fresh air mm-hmm. in the moment because you feel understood. There's this opportunity for connectedness in that, in that moment, especially in the airport. People are watching you. Yeah, I yeah. really appreciate the looks in, in like directly in my eyes telling me, like, I understand. Mm-hmm. You're not tripping. It's them. But... <laughs> The the practice of coming back to the table and and reflecting on this and allowing yourself to see like that the moment, even when she is being so terrific, mm-hmm. is one that should be cherished and remembered. Oh yes. I think it's so dope that we're able to do that. And I want to honor that not all parents even have the time or capacity to do so. Yeah. You know, um, and even down to like choosing this language for ourselves, I thought that is so powerful, right? Because we are handed down this language. And But let me share with you, the language was handed down to me from another father. That's true. So I, if to know me, to know like I'm, I'm actively learning and gathering information on any experience that I'm in. It could be my birth order. It could be my learning style, but I've always leaned in to folks who have been doing a particular task longer than I have, Mm -hmm. not to tell me how to do it, but to reveal to me what they found while doing it. So important. Right. And I'll, I'll make my own understandings. Mm -hmm. So no one is telling me what to do. They're just telling me it goes by quick and Mm -hmm. and I've heard it a hundred (laughs) times. Right. Yes. But the father who told me terrific too, I just thought it was so profound that he typed that. And I knew that he understands the power of words and intentions. Mm-hmm. And I just put that in my pocket and I never, wow. I never walked away from it. I love that. And the other thing that sticks out for me as we are like remembering these moments is I have found like, like you, where I'm trying to do something else that's in front of me, whatever task that is that I'm finding to be important, mm-hmm. that Kamali might step in and really like ask for something like pick me up and I'm doing similarly to what you are like, Hey, no, I need you to need you to do this for yourself. And as I'm reflecting on it, I love that she does that. I love that she calls me to the moment Mm -hmm. because in actuality, like I've lived and experienced 
where I know what it's like to de- desire to have someone ask you to pick them up. Mm-hmm. Like I remember those feelings. I remember those moments. Some of my favorite are like when she's pulling me because I remember the desire to want to have a grip on my hand, yep. you know? So it's, it's so, she's so, she's so mindful sometimes to me because she really pulls me back in to, even today. Like we're chilling in the bed. She has to watch Daniel Tiger and I'm on my phone, like, you know, trying to plan the week. Here come her foot kicking my phone out of my hand. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself like, man, why you got to act like this? And I was able to realize like, no, she's asking for my attention. Yep. And I'm and and right now is is a sweet enough moment where I can give it to her. Children are masterful at calling us into the present. Masterful. It's almost where they only live. <laughs> right? But it's a reminder for me like you said this gift of impermanence. Yep. I remember I have a memory and it informs how I how I move forward in our relationship. So I celebrate and cherish all of those moments with her. Mm. How how no matter how terrific they get. Give them to me. <laughs> Give them to me. Give them Give to me. Give me every terrific moment you got, man. I, I'm here for it. I think about I talk a lot about my desire to understand fatherhood as an experience not just my own child and raising my own child but the very the very many different nuances of fatherhood and mm-hmm. fathers who don't get the game like I got or right? the time to like reflect on the lessons the time right? to reflect on lessons or or feel safe enough uh to say uh, here's what I want to do differently mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because it gets really hard to say what you want to do differently from your own earnest presentation when you feel you're being critiqued on the job you're doing already. Hmm. So you just make the change, but you don't feel safe enough to say, Hey, I want support in this direction or this direction because you already feel so heavily judged. Right. So you just kind of figure it out for yourself. But like this tendency for people to just figure it out for themselves, although we have to figure out our own children for ourselves, we don't have to start with a blank slate on what the needs are of children. You might have to learn the needs of your child specifically. Mm-hmm. But when you understand the needs of children and what is cognitively happening at two, right. you understand why it's more terrific than anything else. <laughs> right. They are making these synapses. Their brain is working faster than it ever has before. They are finding their language formation. They are learning sense of direction. They are learning the people who are in their lives, the positions, the permanence. They're learning location. They're learning who lives where, mm. who am I visiting? Who are my friends? They're learning, they're learning, they're learning, they're learning. <laughs> and there's nothing more sweet than to watch your child engage in this rapid growth and development that's even hard for them. It's even hard for them. And much like when we change, or whether you're in your uh, academic study or your workplace or your body's changing or you're at a certain intersection or a generation where you just find yourself, things are changing, Right? Um, right now at this age, it happens to look like parenthood. You might be having children, your friends be having children, people around you are having children. You might also desire to want to have children. You currently don't have them yet. So you're just looking at all the children that's happening around you. And then you have like the other age all depends when they start getting into sports and you have common experiences with people who have sports, (laughs) uh, children who have, uh, people who have their children in sports 
And then you have common experiences with, you know, the academic and the and the standardized testing and the college choices. Mm-hmm. You do all these things in these cohorts, right? Mm-hmm. And I get that. But there's also a part of like this parenthood experience where when you're in it, the mindset you have while you're in it determines so much of what you believe is happening to you. Mm-hmm. Right? The real reason why I don't get I've been able to train myself to not be embarrassed by whatever Kamali presents in public is because I know what's happening. And if you were privileged to have children too, you caught this fade too, right? (laughs) You caught this fade. Yeah, these two-year-olds give our face. Everybody's indiscriminate. So I at least give myself the grace of not worrying about what someone else is saying. But I learned that because I was a teacher in the classroom for years and I realized that A lot of times the teacher's desire for control is based on how they think they're being judged by their peers or their superior. It's not really best on what the kids need. It's best on what makes me feel like I am confident and competent in the task. If somebody should walk by and look at my classroom. But since I know no matter who walks by and looks in my classroom of parenting and life. This is my journey. I get to enjoy it. And your opinions and or evaluations or critiques, they don't weigh in here. Mm. However, I am open to all the practices that help me be more present with the joy of being Kamali's parent. Mm -hmm. So that's the game I want to receive. Yeah. You dig what I'm saying? Absolutely. And as as I think about what it means to be called present, the privilege of picking her up. The challenge of putting her down when I'd much rather hold her because (laughs) I know that the display of candy is at her eye level in the store. Okay. I know it. I'm trying to prevent. I welcome it all as joy. I lean into all of it. Um, Even though we talk about like what this means to be a father, I want to share with folks something I learned from a mother. Okay, uh, a listener to the podcast, uh, a, li- a supportive soul affirmations, the books. Joy wrote me. Okay, mm-hmm. and she said, "What you just shared is not just for the fathers." Mm-hmm. She says, "I don't know if all mothers experience this, but as I think about the joy of being able to attend to my children and pick them up, I am challenged." by how small of a window I have that I'm physically able to pick them up. She says, I'm just guessing you might be able to pick them up longer than I can. Real life. She says, so between the short moments of picking them up, him growing rapidly, me having another child, being postpartum, my strength and my patience isn't the same. But the message you gave, Rig, it helped me as well. So this nug is beyond the spectrum of fatherhood and inclusive of all parenthood. May we attend to each day with the gift of being present as best as we can. And may we attend to the day with the knowing that the impermanence means neither the struggle nor the ease lasts forever. Mm. So I encourage us all to have respect for them both. 
Thank you, Riga, for taking us on that journey and reminders um, to reflect on our practice in parenthood, to be present and to know that impermanence is a gift, a beautiful one and one that we can learn from. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Soul Affirmation with Felicia and Kariga. With Kariga and Felicia. And most importantly, you, the listener on the Black Love Podcast Network. Thank you to our executive producers, <laughs> Cody and Tommy Oliver. Thank you to our producer, Crystal Hill. And our lovely team of editors, Michael Bryant <laughs> and Co. Yes. Thank you all so much uh, from our family to yours. May we all love more abundantly. Peace. Peace. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.